Hey everyone, it's me again. I'm back and I'm here with my uh, new uh, good friend, uh, Kirsten, uh, I with an I, K-I-R-S-T-I-N. Um, well, yeah, uh, my England friend, English friend. And uh, I think I've made it pretty clear to everyone how much I just love doing these podcasts and just talking to my friends and my fellows around uh, the journey of recovery. And uh, Kirsten and I were just starting to talk about how, you know, for a lot of us, most of us actually, at least people I know, recovery is more complicated than um, just, uh, you know, putting the food down, mm. you know? And so uh, the end result of this conversation, which may take more than one, is that uh, Kirsten has, what's it called again? Lipedema. Lipedema. So not, yeah. not the more commonly known lymphedema, lipodema. Okay, yeah. so we're going to get into that a little bit. Mm. But, um, you know, what, as a way of introduction, you want to do a little bit of like how you came into the room, you know, like your introduction okay. to a way. Okay. Um, I will try. Um, okay, so um, I have been in OA for about 11 years now. And um, yeah, uh, okay, so I'm just trying to think a little bit about the timing of me coming into OA, what was going on for me, because I wasn't at my heaviest when I, when I first came into OA. Um, uh, I was at my heaviest probably about five years prior to that and I tipped the scales at almost 31 stone um I do you do stones or are you keep you keep talking and all yeah like, okay so it's it's a lot it's a lot it's like it's like two grown men basically um that's four uh, okay really yeah because the stone is 14 pounds right yeah that's right yeah yeah so 434 yeah. pounds so almost four. I would probably say about four hundred and thirty pounds. Four hundred and thirty um, pounds, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I now weigh, although I haven't weighed myself for quite a long time, but I think I weigh roughly about twenty-four stone at the moment. Um. Anyway. Um. So yeah. So um. So you know, <laughs> being an expert at you know. You've lost a hundred pounds. Is that okay? Yeah. Pounds. Hmm. Okay. Just try not to judge myself there. Oh, no, 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 yeah, no, it's, yeah, it is a lot, it is a lot, but I think, a bit, I mean, maybe we can get on to where I'm at now and what needs to happen next, because, yeah, okay, so um, I remember, oh gosh, I think um, I've been made redundant, and um, and I hadn't got a job, and I'd moved house, and my best friend at the time came up to see me, and she joined OA, and she said why don't we do a meeting together so she'd been told by her sponsor to get onto a meeting and I was like what is this you know um and and we did this meeting and it was just absolute I just didn't know what on earth was actually going on you know I was so used to um you know just the diet format really like you go along somewhere you pay a weekly subscription and then you get judged on your performance of the week by you know how much you've lost or gained and yeah and yeah and so it was just like completely foreign 
Um, but there was something, I guess there was something about it. I was pretty desperate. Um, and, um, you know, I think it was probably the, the power of the slogans and maybe the power of the truth that was coming through from other members, you know, that keep coming back. And then you just get, there's this level of intimacy and vulnerability that I, that you just do, don't really get in diet clubs. Because if you go to a diet club and you talk about what really goes on in our heads as COEs, then <laughs> they kind of like, you know, telling you to go to your doctor, which I, which I had experienced actually. I remember going to, in the UK, there was something called the Rosemary Connolly Club. Um, and she's um, yeah, she's like a devout Christian, and she she got very rich off diet clubs. Um, I don't know if there's, I don't. It feels like there's some kind of controversy in that, but there really isn't. Actually, it was all completely above board. Um, and I went, I would go to these meetings, and then after quite a few, you know, on on my little card, I had a li like a little passport, and every week, I'd have my weight put in there, and I would study that. I would stare at it. I'd, project you know for weeks in the future how how many weeks was it going to be until I was going to you know lose x amount of weight and I would obviously lose the same the same you know kind of imagined prescriptive prescribed amount of weight per week and it never ever happened anyway so this would go up and down up and down and finally she just said um I think you've got I think you've got an eating disorder and I was like I don't know I just like I did the exercise class I went home and um I don't know I just I just didn't I I heard what she said to me but um just didn't accept it on any level but at the same time weirdly I was I was doing really unhealthy really sick things with food so there was something about being oh god it's like my identity like part of my life vocation was like going to these was you know not even not even vocation but part of my life was this weekly kind of you know thing with diet clubs I was doing these great these I won't even say crazy but these very 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 extremely sick things with food and yet when somebody possibly suggested the truth to me just you know what what I just it just didn't compute at all um so just coming back to oh Craig circling back to what brought me into OA and um so yes yeah, so my friend was going to these meetings and I started to hear something not so much about eating disorder but it was more under that you know under the label you know what thoughts people were having what people were doing um and I have to be honest as well that um that back then I mean it's only up until fairly recently that I've been going to solution-based meetings so there was a lot of you know discussionism that um, as we sometimes hear about in in program um but that was um that was enough just to kind of like get get a foothold really there was something there um and it wasn't pleasant <laughs> But, but because I like pain, I, I kept going back. Well, was um, there the identification? Um, I Sometimes think, that's what keeps people going in the beginning is that yeah, they're, they're really, for the first time, really relating to how people are talking about. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I'd, I'd hear things that I was doing, but there was also this tremendous 
resistance to identifying because I was so scared and I, I, I guess because I'm a bit of an introvert as well I, I find it very very hard to be part of a tribe I guess you know mm-hmm. I've never really been part of a tribe so but there was something that was going on and I thought and there was no you know you couldn't you can't really get thrown out of OA it's quite hard to get thrown out of OA so um so I thought I'm just you know just to keep going back in um and just to be held, well, not, not even held, but just to go keep going back to this room, to those people and those chairs, and to keep listening and to keep trying to chip away at getting to some level, to to something, you know. And yeah. you know, um, so yeah, so it's interesting when you talk about identification because I would, I, I didn't, um, I would sometimes hear it, but then to really embody the you know what um how I came up alongside somebody's story if it did ring you know like kind of strike a, a note with me um I don't know there's that there's, there's still quite a distance you know in terms of like, I'd hear something but I just couldn't get close to it mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah um yeah. anyway so so that went on for a long time um yeah and that um and you know I did lose so prior to but so at this time I probably lost uh I mean kind of give or take probably lost about six stones um you know kind of and it was, like 80 pounds 84 pounds yeah. and that that was a mixture really of um and it was a mixture of abstinence uh relapse <laughs> um um mm, let me have a think have I and yeah and kind of like food plans that were kind of semi-based on mm. diets but with mm-hmm. a bit of god thrown in yeah <laughs> um I mean this is like you know bearing in mind that it wasn't until last April that I actually went through all of the 12 steps for the yeah. first time yeah so I spent like like nine years in program with spon- lots of sponsors um you know I had abstinence I had I had stability in my food but emotionally I just I was very pent up and that's a and like a an understatement yeah <laughs> I was fucking furious can we <laughs> <laughs> and no, I, I not not only was I fucking furious, but I I was doing quite a lot of damage to relationships um, in and outside of program, yeah. Which is so, what I've just touched on, really, haven't we? About um, but yeah. okay. So moving towards like, so where did the there's so much that we could talk about. So I love that I'm going to keep having you come back, but focusing today on the lipodemia how did that even heard of lipodemia oh she's got her books uh tell us like so there you are you're in OA yeah it's really interesting yeah I don't I I wouldn't I I don't know how I would have got this diagnosis had I not been in OA and it's a very strange story so um yeah so because I've got tremendous willpower like most of us have um you know I did I was doing lots of service I wasn't I didn't really have a I was doing I thought I was doing my program to the best of my ability I had a sponsor I was 
working something on a on a daily basis but it it really wasn't the actual steps <laughs> I was doing yeah I was doing a lot of service basically yeah so so you know I guess this is a bit of a message really that you have to have a foundation of of, of the steps yeah. you know please if you're listening to this if you haven't done the steps drop all service and get working the steps can I say that yeah um, uh, anyway so that that's what um yeah you know obviously in time you know it's it's very valuable to do service it's essential it's part of the 12th step um so I was the intergroup rep um for our meeting and I um then became the region nine rep so region nine is basically everywhere outside of America you know you've got Europe I think it's Africa as well and um uh where South America no not um yes South South Africa Israel um yeah most of the world roughly apart from America I know that there are plenty of regions but it's quite a big area anyway so I ended up um going to London to the region nine um assembly and um which lasts five days and you know, you've got like the business meeting that covers three days and you've got the um thingamajig after which is anyway yeah. um and it was during that time um um somebody came up to me at breakfast and it's funny this actually isn't it because I think sometimes in program like we just <sighs> that sometimes there's um because we have this level of communication this intimate communication that you know like boundaries can go can be a bit blurred <laughs> and I think also culturally as well because this 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 woman she was from the Netherlands and um and I think so I think things were slightly more kind of you know naked and like yeah. you know kind of <laughs> yeah. and she came she came up to me asked me a question didn't wait for a response then went straight into this so she said to me can I ask you a question I didn't have a chance to say yes or no and then she said straight in have you got lipedema and this is like just over breakfast and you know I'm like what the excuse me <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> like how very dare you like what the you know it actually felt so did you even oh, know what God. it was like if someone had well, asked me that I would yeah. be like I don't even know what you're asking me right I, I, I've been thinking about this um I I had right. I went after, after after breakfast. I went to my room and I was I was really rattled. I was really shaken up by it. Um, you know, by the fact that somebody was looking at me. Um, somebody had you know kind of seen something. Yeah. Um, um, and somebody and then passed that on in a really confronting way. Um, um, but then I, I just kept thinking maybe she's got like my best interests at heart and this is you know all like this. Um, the bucolic mm -hmm. heavenly assembly yeah. thing that actually maybe I'm being like, whatever um so I went I went I went back to my room and I googled it and I was like dear god you know I can't afford to get into this place of fear right now and even now when I'm talking to you about it Nicole I feel like I could even I could like I could cry because I thought I can't I can't go there I've got to get home I've got to drive from London back up north I've got to I've got to go and do all these things and I can't 
I just can't go down this rabbit hole. So um, I spoke to my sponsor who was at this event. We did a bit of program work and um, and that was that was enough to tide me through for the weekend. And um, <clears throat> and strangely, so after that, I went to my doctors and I said, well, actually, I said, I think I've got I think I've got lipedema. And I just stood, I stood up in the doctor's surgery and I took my trousers off and I said, this is what I'm dealing with. So and maybe at this point, it would be helpful just to describe. Yeah, I was um, about to ask the, if you felt comfortable with that. So because I Google it and look it up. Yeah. But. So, um, and I'll put links in the podcast too. Yeah, I, I can, and I can share a couple of really helpful links. As, yeah, and, uh, yeah, that'd be great. <clears throat> so lipedema, um, it's got a few names. It's known as like the the fat disease, the fat disorder um adipose tissue disorder connective tissue disorder disorder autoimmune disease as well um so basically so it's got a few different names it's massively misunderstood and underdiagnosed and it can come with some co morbidities as well so you can get obesity and lipedema it's very common which is me you know though i do carry non-lipedemic fat as well yeah. um so and it basically presents as um, um, disproportionate dis, disproportionate distribution of fat. Um, so um, you might see somebody who is relatively kind of um, slim on the top and has very you know kind of excessively disproportionate lower half. Right. And just for um, just for our listeners, we're not talking about uh, pear shaped. We're talking about like, you know, uh, you can you can actually you can oh, okay. talk about pear shape. I mean, I guess this is what I was I was always told because I've got uh, I've got booze, I've got a, a relatively small waist, and I've just got a huge bottom, mm -hmm. and um, and and my and my legs you know are, are big um well I think and, that's what I was thinking of like and again please clarify yeah. was um when I looked and saw quote pear-shaped the thing that mm -hmm. they had was actually that the legs were very trunk-like yeah 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 that comes so it wasn't yeah. just this curvy like no. big bottom it's yeah yeah you put yeah it, so um with lymphedema, the legs can be very trunk-like, and that can also happen with lipedema. Um, so with lipedema, you've, you've normally got classification of um, stage one through to four. Um, and I think, I mean, so for me, um, it, sorry, just, just bear with me, I'm just pausing. Um, you made a really good point because yeah i do have do have a pear-shaped body but the shapes of my legs are um are lipidemic legs i guess you know with non-lipidemic legs you do get the tapering of the ankle right. you get a bit more definition but as it progresses this is another key thing it's a it's a chronic progressive condition um yeah so if you don't so it's really so no amount of diet or exercise is gonna is gonna change it that and that was like that was brutal 
yeah that, know, that, that feels like almost that, like a death sentence and it's actually, it's actually taken me about two two and a half years or so to get to a place where I can actually really start to absorb information about it and um advocate for yeah. for treatment um and also be in a place where um I've got the willingness to actually deal with this on a daily basis I think this is where program has been such a fucking blessing because yeah. you know we've only got 24 hours yeah. reprieve from our disease so when um you know I guess Anyway, I feel like I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Sorry. Okay. So yeah. Um, so um, so it's really tricky. So I mean, I think you know, and I would. Um, so yeah. So I I went. So I got diagnosed, and um, um, and a, another strange thing with a little strange kind of kind of synchronicity is that shortly. Um, so I went. I went to the doctors, and I think it was like the following Sunday. I went to church. Not a big churchgoer but I do like to go to church you know um, um I like I like stained glass and <laughs> <laughs> and I like I like some old hymns but yeah. anyway and, and it just so happened that the lady in front of me we just started talking and she was the lipedema nurse and uh, and I just like this is it was really 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 weird really weird and she told me what to do so that might have been just before I went to the doctors so those those two things happened you know this woman like came up to me at the conference and yeah. said, "Have you got lipedema?" And um, and then you know, I I I met this nurse completely by by chance. Um, I'm just wondering if there's anything else to mention at that point. Well, I but, think before we get any further, uh, I could imagine that people are like, "Okay, so here are some terms that you've thrown out. So let's pause." Uh, you said lipidemic fat cells versus just regular obesity fat cells. So we want to, yeah. and then also the lymphodema, lipodema. Yeah. So whichever one you want to. Okay. Um, I, okay. I'll, I mean, I'll try to have a go at those as much as possible, but I might not. Just yeah, for, might, you know, you okay. don't have to get scientific about it, but yeah. just for the okay. listener to understand. So for me, yeah. is obesity okay. fat cells and lipidemic fat cells, obesity fat cells can shrink. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, they can shrink and they do respond to, um, um, to diet and mm -hmm. to exercise. Um, the thing with lipidemic fat is that is that the best thing you can do is um, not go to any extremes so not to binge and not to starve but to have stability in, in your eating um, and in terms of the biology of it um, I don't know if I can go there I'm really sorry oh, that's fine we don't have um, to go that way. Was, just that it yeah. doesn't respond no yeah Okay. The, 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 but what I can say about that is that, you know, there is, um, uh, so within like the lipedema kind of like circles, obviously there's lots of women who are trying different things and there's keto has come to the surface as something that has worked for a lot of women. Um, so keto, the keto way of eating, um, you know, not in a fatty way, but the true keto way of eating. And um, so there's a very good book actually that I'll, I'll send you the, the link yeah. um, of this book because 
Um, I went to a Zoom thing recently, and this this woman had lost most of well, she'd lost a lot of her um, lipedema symptoms. So along with lipedema, you get pain, um, hypermobility, mo which causes you know like there's laxity in the muscles and the tissues. So there's lots of things that go on. It's not just about being big. Mm -hmm. you know, there's a chronic pain element to it as well. Yeah, that was another um, thing that was important for me to learn was that it was actually yeah. painful. Yeah. That the yeah. cells and the whatever can it can just be a very painful. Yeah. Yeah. That's um um so just bear with me. So um yeah, so there's so the keto thing. Um so um yeah, so there's I mean it's generally advised for you to have like a non-processed anti-inflammatory way of eating um and then you can so there's that way of eating which i think is called the rad uh, the rad diet the i think that was it was developed for rheumatoid arthritis rad mm -hmm. yeah so so, so the, the rad way of eating and then you've got keto as well so yeah so keto seems to be getting a bit of a push you know in, in when you see things on the internet mm -hmm. um but there is a distinction between keto for quick weight loss yeah you know like the kind of instagram keto yeah and then the, the true like going back to proper keto um there is there is a there is a difference um in terms of the impact that it has on your overall health um so you know keto is used for quick weight loss but it's also used as a bit of a management tool for lipedema yeah i i'm at a stage at the moment um so maybe it's just maybe it's helpful to say when i was first diagnosed I thought I'd been in program for like eight years or so. Wow, I'm just looking at the window. There's a rainbow. Sorry. <laughs> um, I've been in program for eight years, and I thought, and this is like a real sign of my will. I'm going to fight this. I thought yeah. I'm going to be the one. And I thought, right, and I went to sign on. Guess I mean this is just like crazy, but I thought there's no way that this is going to have a hold on me. And I went and I signed up for another diet club. I thought I've got. <laughs> If I say this, if I say this when it's a prayer before I go in and get weighed, I'll be okay. And I think I lasted about five weeks and I just could not tolerate the craziness. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's a different that that is it. It is a, you know, if you think that, you know, we're kind and of crazy a, in the rooms, <laughs> yeah. there is shit, you know. Well, there's the other the, thing is is that's a sign of your recovery that you couldn't even last yeah. more than five weeks. No, no. You no, know, it was I don't know, yeah. So even with high having like higher power in place it was just too much for yeah. yeah um yeah um so I I guess there was some denial there really um some denial and yeah it took me quite a long time to it was a real blow you know to it took a long time to really accept what was going on um okay so okay, so you're with the it? doctor the dark you say this is what I'm dealing with yeah yeah um and she didn't really know what it was um so i really relied on the very lucky i guess to have to be to live fairly close to um a lymphedema clinic and at the clinic they are able to prescribe um compression garments so i got measured up i went through a bit of a trial with compression garment fittings because they're, they're a bit of a nightmare to be honest but when you if you but when you get them fitted measured and fitted and you get the right one um it feels like you're wearing a bra on your legs and it actually feels really good it's just you've got to um personally i have to stick them in place i use glue 
<laughs> so I have to glue above my knees and around my crotch so that yeah. they don't fall down. It's all, but um, yeah, so that was, um, so and, that, so I guess do, I started. How do they help? So the compression um, helps to stabilize the tissue. So that's, so that stops, that reduces the pain. Um, it also prevents excessive swelling, so it can help with inflammation, you know, with a buildup. I mean, you can get li lympho, li um, lipolymphedema. So the lymph, this goes back to maybe a question that you were trying to coax, you were an answer that you were trying to coax out with me before, but the difference between lipedema is equal distribution on both legs. Okay. Um, with lymphedema, um you you can you can get just one limb like an arm or a leg oh and okay it's, and it's and it's a different kind of inflammation it's um it's more kind of uh water retention like edema um, okay. that kind of thing and also it's linked to the lymphatic system which I, which which lipid which lipedema is too but in a different way okay in part you know maybe this is my homework yeah. In part, in, if there is a part, two. of course, there's <laughs> if there's a part two, um, I can I can maybe come come back with um with you know some clarity around. Yeah, that'd be great. Around that, because it would really help me, you know, as well. And yeah. like I was saying before, I'm in a better place now to really you know understand and take on this information. Um, so you go to the doctor. You're like, I'm gonna I'm gonna beat this. You try five yeah. weeks, and you're like. Yeah, and what happens? Um, then I, I, I just went crazy at the gym. Oh, I just I thought I'm gonna, um, yeah, I'm just gonna have it out at the gym. I love going to the gym, um, um, but yeah, it just it just doesn't have any effect. I mean, it has an effect on my mental health. Yeah, I feel you know I love you know it's it's a it's, it is important, um, but it just you know in terms of you know, it's like you just have to completely shift your goal. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you know, you eat well, exercise well, and you just to completely let go of the idea that that's going to have any impact on on your shape. Yeah, which is which is like a constant. You know, yeah. I, mean, I was just listening to your thoughts on weight, and you were talking about that when you're talking about um, if you think about handing over, you know handing over to your higher power on a daily basis you have to hand over like you know yeah. your body yeah the, your, your body yeah and exactly as it is so, yeah and it's really surprising how um how many tendrils we, we, we have <laughs> you know these these tendrils of actually holding on to you yeah. think you've let go and it's like no you know yeah. I mean it happens it happens it still happens um so um but so so from there, so I started going to the gym lots, and I can remember on New Year's Day about four years ago, um, I, I I went out of the house and I started doing these lunges across the field, and I absolutely crippled my knee, and that started this. Well, I ended up going to a consultant, and it came out that um, I needed a double knee a replacement. And that's so. This is you know another another effect really of the lipedema when you're carrying me. I mean, this this can obviously happen if you're if you're heavy, but mm -hmm. people people commonly have very damaged um, 
knees with with lipedema because of the excess weight. But interestingly enough, like the um, the only the only surgery that's seen to have any kind of uh, long-standing effect on lipedema is a form of liposuction. It's not a cosmetic liposuction, um, and it's on it's not available on the NHS in England. Um, and so currently. I am trying to build up a case along with my doctor to present to the overarching cluster of doctors, like surgeries in, in my area. Um, and you basically assess on a case by case basis whether my case for lipedema surgery is going to, uh, could be, um, you know, kind of granted. Um, but it's called the CCG, which is the Clinical Commissioning Group. Mm -hmm. but um, but that has the support from my knee surgeon because his job will be made easier if my legs were smaller mm -hmm. and the um, and, and the new knees would be more effective long term if I didn't have as much lipidemic fat to carry. Mm -hmm. So so that so that's um, but I'm, I'm holding no hope for that. That's happening to. now. That's in process now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's something that I'm I'm bringing the kind of paperwork together, um, yeah. and when that's done, it'll it'll get presented to the CCG. But uh, but it's interesting though as well, you know, kind of um, yeah. I guess so. You know, I think it was about three years ago when I was diagnosed with this, and um, just tracing my steps through the fact of that on program, um, and you know, kind of, so I thought I had enough program under my belt to be able to take on a diet and I didn't. Um, since then I've done the 12 steps a few times and now I find myself, um, you know, kind of with stable eating, sta stable, you know, stable food, neutral, neutrality, enjoyment around food, but not obsession, which is really amazing. Um, and it's just in the seven, seven, like the past seven days, it was put to me that, and I just can't believe that I'm excited about this rather than pissed off. It was put to me that I, I could do better. You and again, I, I could do better. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I can, yeah. I can do better. Yeah. But it's like, and, um, and it's, you know, there are, um, and it's interesting, but it's hearing that in the context of program is different to that energy of fuck it, this is not yeah. me. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna prove that um, that I got that I can beat this. You know, um, yeah. So, um, so taking that kind of taking that message of I can do better, you know, is is. Um, I feel like this, I'm in a place where I'm, I've got so much more willingness to do what it takes to um, experiment a bit more from a place of neutrality, mm -hmm. um, you know, with tweaks in my food. So there's a couple of things that have happened. I have been given, a, 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 I've, been, I've been referred to a dietitian within mm -hmm. the NHS because I don't really want to just do this alone. You mm -hmm. know, um, right. um, I'm not, uh, um, and it, obviously there's the issue, there's the whole issue of weighing, 
you know which I know that you've you've mentioned before yeah. um, on, on these podcasts I don't know if I, I don't if I uh, I've not been weighed for about a year I don't know quite how I feel about I don't being, love yeah I know I don't I know I love numbers I mean I I I I love numbers and I don't know if I just want to love the number that I <laughs> you know what I mean I just I don't want to I um yeah I think that's that's something that is probably best taken care of by somebody else I don't think I'm the best person <laughs> to have that information without obsessing over it but I can see that it might be necessary you know to just like gauge as a you know as a as a um yeah as a you yeah, could uh, have her blind weigh you yeah yeah and uh, yeah yeah and I think the know, only problem with that let but, me just tell you is is like um I I did that one time I was like well you can blind weigh me well unfortunately in the after visit care they put your height and your weight for a month yeah. for me so like where you can go and see like you know your record of the visit well online yeah oh. you know what I mean so just okay I just want people to know like you can say I've had a couple of experiences one where I was like um I don't want to know how much I weigh and, and it was a young uh nurse practitioner and she uh -huh. said okay and so I got on the scale and she didn't say anything but then when she wrote it down she whispered it <laughs> so that was one experience and then the other experience that I had oh. was like saying like I don't want to see the number and they're like okay great you know what I mean so they weigh me yeah. whatever but then we have electronic health records where we could see like our uh, visit and everything like that and it had it had my blood pressure my height and my weight I mean I was just like wow. okay there's just yeah you know. so I can, you know, I have experience, uh, I, like you said, like I have enough recovery now, but I, I just kind of am like I, I, this, you were talking before about a little bit of a, you know, rebellious side. I'm kind of like, why do you need my fucking weight? Look at me. I'm fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. My doctor thinks I'm fine. Yeah. Why do you need my weight? Why? Yeah. Like, there's no reason for you to need my weight. So part of it is like, you know, I don't need to know, if, yeah. you know, how much I weigh today. And, mm. you know, mm. like, it's just, I weigh once a month at a certain time and that's it. That's all I need to know. And then part I mean, of it is just this whole resistance around why, why do you need it? Mm. What, you know, why do you need this metric? You don't need this metric. Yeah. Yeah. yeah why do you need this indicator right or it's not or, or, or you know what is this um you know is this just like part of the regime that you just go through um and if you're if you're presenting as somebody right who's obviously not got a weight problem then or if if it's a medical i mean we you know but again it's like if like for the dietitian it's relevant you're yes. going into something. Yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Okay, yes. then yes, yeah, this, yeah, you know, yeah. this, you know, metric, let's start, yeah. you know, yeah. but whatever. I mean, I don't want although, to detract. Although to be perfectly honest, you know, like, you know, like whatever, I mean, even if you take, even if you record the weight, the way, like what the weight is made up of, it's probably yeah. more useful, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I mean, it'd be more useful if, there was, if I could go through some kind of machine or, you yeah. know, lace. <laughs> 
yeah. and they could and they could just tell me what percentage of my yeah. body is lipidemic. They did, and they used to do that in pools because they could figure out how much of oh. your weight was fat, you know. Okay. Are you displacement of yeah, so it's like you'd weigh yourself and then you'd get in the water and they'd weigh oh. you and they could figure out kind of I don't know how, okay. but you know, obviously there aren't pools everywhere. So no. Mm. no, I hear what you're saying there about uh, um yeah, I think there there is there's a whole I mean the whole thing is about BMI. Yeah. You know, and, and weight and the emphasis, you know, I mean, it, it holds more baggage, doesn't it, than just than just the actual, you know, kind of like literal weight of, of, of you as a person. Yeah. I think that a lot more is invested in it than, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, kind of like, I guess when there is a problem, when there is, I say a problem, and it, and it is a problem, you know, this is like, you know, I, I feel like most of the time I wear my size fairly. Um, I won't. I won't say proud, or I don't. I won't even say positive, but you know, um, it's not. You know, it is a problem because it's affecting my health, and mm -hmm. uh, and and I'm so I'm saying that without you know, a superficial, you know, kind of, um, you know, look. You know, what's the what's the word like a, like a superficial it's, it's not just about my looks and about uh, your you know, vanity yeah vanity thank you um yeah this is about you know this is about I can't walk very well I'm right. having to have cortisone um cortisone injections in my knees yeah um I, I use a cane yeah. I can't you know it's like you know it's um so it it's it's it, it it impacts the quality of my life on a daily basis there yeah. are things I can I can't do very well and it's incredibly frustrating so yeah so you know so it is it's a problem um and um and I am in a position um to do better without yeah. going you know without um applying the solutions that I would have done uh you know kind of like a few a few years ago um i want to go i want to sort of circle around this being told that you can do better just because yeah. i want to unpack that a little bit so when you're saying it i keep thinking of the phrase you know how free do you want to be meaning and and here's why i want to dilate on this for just because i want to clarify how i'm hearing this which is there's the statement, and you can respond to this. Uh, I could not imagine saying to my sponsee, you know, you could do better because there's a tone there. I, I could imagine saying you get out of this program exactly what you put into it. How free do you want to be? You know, and also sort of saying, you know, and I say this a lot, like there is no stasis in recovery. You know, um, you're either moving forward or you're coasting downhill. Yes. So part of the how free do you want to be is, you know, recovery is an uphill incline, you know, mm -hmm. and the road does get narrower but the vista gets 
more and more beautiful, you know, and I get, and I'm with you, like, I get, I, I'm so with you on, like, can I just stay here? This is good enough. Can I just stay here? And the problem is, is like, we can't, like, there's no, again, there's no stasis in life at all. Nothing stays, you know what I mean? So if we're not moving forward, you know, you can be telling yourself that you're staying, but you're not, you're stagnating, which means that you're starting to decline. Yes. Yes. Okay. Can I just, yeah, so I can see that were you in flow. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 please. When, when you, when you're saying this, I've been making a couple of notes. So um, you're talking about how, how free do you want to be? And I was thinking about how, how awake are you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, so when, um, and when I was told I can do better, it was said in such a, a beautiful, powerful, simple way. And I was like, oh my God. Um, and it made me think about, you know, the kind of neutrality that I have been, you know, um, grateful to have has kind of also been a little bit passive, Mm -hmm. you know, that passive neutrality. I'm good with my food. I don't need to think about it, you know, and and it's that not thinking about it. And that that can be an amazing experience when you've been so obsessed but actually we do fucking need to think about our food because if we yeah. don't think about it we end up going to the garage for some crisps and a sandwich yeah. you know and so it, it does need thinking about but it's like thinking about it as in you know that kind of higher power led thinking consideration care honesty is completely different to a complacent or um obsessive you know that kind of like you know there's that spectrum the the, the obsessive and the and the complacent this there has to be this active this active awakeness this this in touch with freedom this mm. constant this constant reminder that if i yeah i remember so last week as well that there's um i heard about this thing about that you know in in the disease or to get out out of the disease we're on the prison that locks in the inside mm-hmm. that and it makes me think about that that neutrality is like also like the door starts to swing shut you know mm-hmm. with neutrality you've got to keep pushing the door open mm-hmm. the door you, you just need to kind of you know you can't just put your foot in the door and I hope that's okay you just got to keep swinging the door open and, and well it's every out. day waking up in like again you know, there's so many metaphors for this, but to take the metaphor that, you know, in a prison that locks on the inside Mm -hmm. is every day we wake up in that prison. It's a 24 hour program, you know? And so for me, you know, the, and I've shared about this so many times, the very first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is do the third step prayer as, and and that's me unlocking the prison from the inside. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm immediately asserting that I have an eating disorder, among other things. And I choose to live in recovery today. I choose to be a, a member of my fellowship, which is, you know, a spiritual community that is about being freed from the obsession 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the mental obsession, the physical allergy and the spiritual malady. It's like, you know, and then I hopefully get a day of I've walked out of the prison and hopefully I get to spend my day not in the prison. But, you know, my abstinence today does not guarantee my abstinence tomorrow. Kirsten, you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and um, that kind of walking out of the prison. Yeah. um, It just, it made me think also of, you know, the, the kind of, we're always told that this is a program of action, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it's this, it's this action, and um, you know, and it's so it's kind of like walking out of the prison, and you know, um, tapping into the into into the serenity prayer, you know, to um, to be given the courage that we need mm-hmm. to change the things that we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like we have to. You know, we've got to we've got to walk the talk. Um. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's that it's the action, and I was just thinking as well about uh, I like to be cozy. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I guess my default is like so much fear, you know, and mm-hmm. and like coziness, and oh, just let's just walk around this for a little bit because um, I'm going to get scared, you know. And it's like um, learning to be cozy or comfortable with action with your higher power, yeah. and there yeah. are. And there, and there are different degrees of action as well you know if I'm in a place where I'm you know it's all too much um I've recently been start, I started kind of like praying um for yeah for kind of increments of action you know I, rather than being full of will or asleep mm-hmm. <laughs> you right. know, there, there, are, there is gentle action as well yeah yeah you know, so so um because yeah, that is important isn't it that we don't don't set ourselves up you know um with um when you women walk out of the prison for right again you know for for you know one of those bombastic kind of goals yeah. that that we used to have so this is you know that's kind of like the constant tense stepping and well not not constant no just but the tense stepping really helps with that when the fear comes up it's like you know what is the next right action what it, yeah um, and, it's, and it can be as simple as having, an, you know, just another drink of water, yeah. just pausing for a few minutes, you know, just to, you know, think about whatever it might be. But yeah, I, just, I was just thinking about, yeah, so just going back to what yeah. you say about how free do you want to be, how in, to be, um, to experience that freedom, you've got to be, you've got to be awake, you've got to stay awake. Yeah. You know, the freedom doesn't come when we're dozy or or you know kind of because I think you know because that that that's when yeah um you know I kind of I, I mean I, I think this you know, don't want to kind of like give a message of hypervigilance because it's not really about that um but it's about um you know that kind of um so I kind of like losing my train of thought a little bit here um maybe you want to be and staying awake and yeah but not hyper vigilance but it is you know being alive exactly yeah free and alive and ready and you know to give and receive yeah and I also want to say that also what we're talking about to use another language um is uh to no longer disassociate so to be 
you know, so again, to be awake or to be whatever, another way of talking about what, you know, Kristen and I are talking about is to be fully present in our body, which is, it's a simple sentence to say, but it's not, it's Mm -hmm. not simple for a lot of us which is, is that disassociating from the present moment Mm -hmm. is how we have survived Mm -hmm. life. And in that disassociating is a mixture of rejecting who we are, where we came from, what we have to deal with, where we think we're going. And we're just like, I'm not signing up for this. And Mm -hmm. so there's this sort of, you know, um, escaping the present moment by disassociating from the body. And Mm -hmm. To get, and it's, it, it is a journey, a journey to get to a place where moment by moment, minute by minute, you know, there's this embracing the body, embracing who I am with the story that I, that I come with, with the character assets and character defenses that I come with. Um, knowing that I'm not going to be universally loved or liked. And that doesn't make me a bad person because fucking no one is, you know? And yeah, and that that part of, you know, waking up and saying, I'll speak for me, waking up and saying, I choose to walk through this prison door And my way out is to say yes to being Nicole Mm. to the best of my ability and all that she comes with. You know, I've talked before about um, that so much of my resistance in the beginning was feeling like I had been cast to play a character and I was like, fuck you, I'm not you know, wait, what? She's got this. She's got to deal with this. She's got to deal with it, you know, and we're definitely going to have a part two because I have so many questions from just this conversation, but I, you know, I try to keep these things to an hour, but again, just to like go through that incredible journey of going from, I'm not doing this. I'm not playing this character. Oh, but she's, I don't give a fuck. Okay, I don't want to have this trauma history. I don't want to have these health issues. I don't want to have these multiple cross addictions. I don't want to have these phobias. And to get to a place of like, all right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's, I do think it does in some respect boil down to falling in love with yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, and think, I think the rooms really help you do that. So yeah, um, when you were speaking, I um I wanted to um put forward as well to add on to what you were talking about before about dissociating and about honouring your own emotions, you know, as well. That just coming back to the steps in the process of doing the step, the the um the tenth step or ten stepping, um, you know. I often experience this resistance to identifying what I'm feeling in the moment. I often, it's like a haze, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, so just kind of getting myself to just sit, just pause 
that bit longer to kind of to get a hold of it you know it's like it just wants to slip away and to so by and then being honest with that and then responding to it you know honoring the emotion is one thing the honoring is admitting it acknowledging it saying it but the responding to that emotion is something quite different because mm -hmm. I guess what what we do in program is that we respond to that emotion now with a higher power right we don't we don't have to respond to it with the initial adaptive behavior that's become yeah. maladaptive over time yeah and we're so we're so used to doing that you know and I think yeah. this again is part of the being awake isn't it because yeah. that you know we have to be this we have to be awake because this is still this is new for us yeah you know, kind of um following our higher power is you know it's it's like a I think well for me anyway kind of after I mean I'm 51 so I've been doing I've been practicing mat mat maladaptive behaviors for like 40 odd years so yeah, yeah. you know so high, higher power still feels like oh like a step at a leap of faith you know it's like yeah, yeah. you know guide me out of here but um yeah but the but the disassociation yeah that is it's so it's so true the kind of the this the kind of the, the um sleepiness that comes over the um and I think you know I'm I'm a bit of a dreamer as well yeah. <laughs> you know it's like I don't right. I don't want to lose my dreaming no, um, but, the, no but that's but the, creative yeah, yeah. but that, I think it can get a bit murky you know I can yeah. like my dreaming can just I can start to yeah um I can get a bit mixed up with yeah well, the like, thing about disassociation another way of saying disassociation is just saying you know that you're rejecting yourself mm -hmm. you know yeah, too, too much it's just you know you're yeah it's again it's like i don't want to be in this moment i don't want to be this person in this moment and and so and again with the disassociation it can be to various degrees we see people you know i've seen movies of people where you know they're drooling and they're not even there anymore that person has completely disconnected from they've gone out of they've literally lost their mind and then there's a sort of level of disassociation, which I'm very familiar with, which is being present enough to jump through any sort of hoops that I needed to jump through, um, but not embracing myself and not really embracing being on this planet mm -hmm. and not embracing creating a life for myself. You know, I was just sort of, you know, it's kind of like, you know, showing up at, for, for school and being like, what's the minimum I need to pass this yeah. class? Would you, you call know? that masking as well? Would you call Absolutely. that? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Okay. Which mm -hmm. I think is a little bit different than sort of daydreaming because daydreaming Yo. is mm -hmm. very similar to like reading a book, you know what I mean? Or watching a television mm -hmm. show. It's like, mm -hmm. to me, and this is my, this is, you know, please Google if you want to know like, for me, it's kind of like, I do think that life is very challenging and sometimes we need a break. And so people find different ways to do that. You know, some people it's like, they'll watch a sports thing. Some people it's like, they'll play me. We just need a break. And another mm. way of break is to read a story. Another mm. way of taking a break is to watch someone act out a story you know, visually in front of you. And another way is just to go into a story in your own head, 
you know, which is one of my favorite things to do. I'm a writer who doesn't like to write, but I could tell you stories that I've created in my head, you know, that I'm like, this is my way of taking a break. I don't live there. Okay. So having that distinction, like knowing that, is right. the, you know, is the is is what keeps it as a good thing. You know, yeah. it would, you know, yeah, it would, um, uh, you know, it, I think, you know, I guess, um, just bear with me. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking. I'm just, I, I mean, at the conference that I was talking about before, I remember somebody sharing um, <laughs> that um, that they would reach the point where their partner would come up to them and and just tell them that they were missing them because they'd yes. be so engrossed in a book. So to, you know, so 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 to keep the good things good by not by not spoiling it, not yeah. going not going like silly with it. Um, um, yeah, and I I am I think you know is I think you know it makes me think about the times um, that I you know my daydreaming has this is kind of going into something else, isn't it? It's quite interesting, like dreaming, you know, um, yeah. dreaming dissociation and creativity that kind of sphere um but I have I mean like just coming from somebody who's been self-employed for like the past five years um and I mean just something that's very pertinent right now in terms of my my finances because um I haven't got any work coming in at the moment and I'm having to confront that possibly there has been quite a lot of um you know kind of uh there's been too much head stuff going on too mm-hmm. much creativity that's been stuck in here as opposed yeah. to being out 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 there yeah so um you know so for me you know kind of a, um I guess that, that that's another program thing in terms of like what can I give today what can I send out to the world rather than you know just look at like program is not about just locking yourself away in your bedroom or your studio and mm-hmm. and um and being disconnected from life um and I think you know um, because of like something that happened like at a pretty horrible work experience about 10 10 years ago and that that kind of left me feeling very bruised and so that is that's something that I've I've worked through in program and I'm at a place now to you know kind of a seek support and be you know confront the, the reality that I do need money coming in and when you know those are like priorities I I can be doing my creative stuff as well but I have to you know the to be free in life right I need money (laughs) well and also this sort of circles back to how free do you want to be yeah yeah you know what I mean and kind of you know how um and I I uh shared a podcast recently and we can sort of end with this and then carry on again is like um, all areas of my life and working and that when I came into program, I worked my program literally in the kitchen, you know, like that was it. And then again, like as you get more time, it's like, oh, all areas of my life and this circles back to, I am going to fully be Nicole. And what does Nicole want romantically? What does she want um, creatively for people well, most people don't know, but that you're uh, an artist. And so all of these ways of manifesting, like who I really am, Mm -hmm. 
you know, but I can't do that without a found, I personally, you know, can't do that without a foundation of my fellowship, my recovery fellowship that supports me and gives me that rock to stand on, you know, that secure place to stand on that gives me the emotional support um, so that I can emotionally and spiritual support so that I can emotionally regulate through the trials and tribulations of creating a life for myself without turning to food, which is how I emotionally regulated before. And in doing mm -hmm. that, I was actually disassociating from myself. So that's a big, rich topic. <laughs> that was, uh, you just said that beautifully. Yeah. Huh? Why don't we stop here then? And uh, we'll definitely, like I said, I've got a bunch of more questions. Okay. So we'll call this a part one.